Hello and welcome to LawPod. My name is Claire Wright and today with us is Stefano Angeleri, who is a postdoc Marie Curie Fellow at the School of Law. Welcome, Stefano. Thank you, Claire. Uh, it's great that you're joining us today to talk about your research in Colombia, the recent publication of your book. First of all, I just wanted to ask you if you could tell us a bit more about yourself, about your academic background and experience. Yes, so I am a postdoctoral researcher at Queen's University Belfast uh, School of Law and currently visiting a scholar at the FXB Centre for Health and Human Rights at Harvard University. So my area of research lies at the intersections between human rights law, public health and migration studies. I started this career by studying law at the University of Milan for my undergraduate studies, <laughs> finishing in 2009. After graduation, I worked in civil law firms uh, for several years with a six-month break at the Council of Europe. At the same time, I was volunteering uh, as a policy officer and legal advisor in an Italian NGO specialized in migrant services. It was there where, for the first time, I witnessed uh, how a number of factors prevented irregular migrants from accessing necessary health care. Uh, that's why I decided to pursue a, a PhD in law at the Irish Centre for Human Rights, uh, focusing on a project that analysed uh, whether human rights law could effectively serve as uh, an ally in protecting and promoting the health of this population. And then, uh, well, a couple of postdocs, uh, one of which uh, in collaboration with the EU Agency for Fundamental Rights. Mm, excellent. Super interesting. And congratulations on the publication of your recent book, Irregular Migrants and the Right to Health, which has been published by Cambridge University Press. Could you please tell us more about that? So the book is based on my PhD dissertation, uh, but also contains new chapters. It features a couple of background chapters uh, on how migrant rights and health rights are controversial human rights issues uh, from the perspective of state sovereignty. In fact, uh, structural and substantive standards of international law collide in this area, making it difficult to strike a balance when suffering and real lives of people are at stake. Uh, as lawyers, I believe uh, we should consider arguments coming from other fields of knowledge. That's why the subsequent chapter of the book uh, uh, delved into detail on how social medicine a framework like primary health care so and the social determinants of health uh, can be useful for priority setting and law development. Uh, the final chapter also extends into disability studies, asserting that the provision of the Convention on, on the Rights of Persons with Disability, the CRPD, and its approach requires states to care more for mental health and psychosocial disabilities of all migrants' population without discrimination. Super interesting. We had a chance to look at the book and it's very complete in terms of all the legal framework you refer to, so I very much recommend it and, and congratulations again. Thank you very much. For that. Um, changing topic a little bit, I understand that you're saying Marie Curie Research Fellow. Could you talk us a bit more about the fellowship, what it entails and how you came to apply for one? So the Marie Curie Fellowship has been a blessing, to be honest with you. It's a scheme that provides opportunity to do project of a duration of two to three years, in my case two and a half, that you design leading to research activities, publication, networking, uh, collaboration outside academia, all generously funded and uh, with mentorship. In, in my case, I, I must express my gratitude to Professor Therese Murphy, uh, who is my mentor in this project. Uh, it's all good or great, uh, but I must say the application process was exhausting. 
after completing my PhD, I struggled a bit to secure a good lectureship position. So I thought that applying for this EU funding, this prestigious EU funding, uh, could be beneficial for my career development. Uh, of course, it's a very <laughs> prestigious award. So again, congratulations for that too. Thank you. And, and within this fellowship, you're carrying out, you've been carrying out a study on the situation of Venezuelan migrants in Colombia. What are the main objectives of your study? Well, the hypothesis is that using a primary healthcare model, which is a public health and social medicine framework designed to reduce health inequalities, would enhance the enjoyment of health rights by Venezuelan migrants in Colombia. So Colombia, with a very progressive constitutional jurisprudence on socioeconomic rights, also faces certain degrees of institutional weakness, partly due to decades of conflict. Since 2015, almost 3 million Venezuelans have relocated there, and millions of others have transited through the country to reach other places in, in the Americas. Uh, this poses significant challenges for Colombia. Unlike Europe, it's important to state that the borders are porous, uh, there are no walls or so stringent immigration uh, law enforcement, but that doesn't necessarily mean that immigrants enjoy full human rights. Uh, for this incoming population, healthcare has been as, uh, the central focus for non-state organizations and humanitarian programs, uh, but the institutional response uh, uh, has been limited to offering them uh, emergency care. In consistency with international law and public health standards, uh, I believe that preventive and primary care should be available and accessible to all, particularly for vulnerable undocumented uh, migrants, as a matter of human rights and not as a matter of charity. Such approach is cost-effective and helps prevent unnecessary and unfair human suffering. Additionally, the project is not just a research, so I have been involved in strategic litigation, human rights and health trainings for social leaders and humanitarian staff. Excellent. Fascinating research. You've obviously been very busy. And I think, as you mentioned, the case of Venezuelan migration in Colombia is particularly relevant because of the, the number of people. But obviously other contexts, such as the US-Mexico border, yeah. UK and Ireland, this is an issue that's global, right? Migrants and their right and access to, to health. Um, within the study, I wanted to talk about the issue of fieldwork. What methods did you use and how was your experience on a more personal level? Once I arrived in Colombia, I start with the field observations, including direct observations where I was invited, for example, to accompany the International Organization for Migration in their operations. And then participant observation in the form of like voluntary work for an NGO. So this allowed me to become familiar with the, the programs targeting migrant needs and also to identify organizations and individuals to then interview. I conducted interviews with 20 individuals uh, working in state and non-state agencies, uh, including policymakers, doctors, uh, and volunteers uh, from diaspora organization. Finally, I ran four focus groups with community leaders, including migrant people, engaged in activities around disease prevention, health education and information, as well as identification of cases to, to be referred to the health system or humanitarian actors. Uh, it shed light on both the strengths and the weaknesses of institutional and non-state responses. And additionally, it was instrumental uh, in planning impact-related activities. Mm. With regard to your study, I understand it's finished now. You've carried out your, your visits, your fieldwork, in Colombia. So I wanted to ask if you could give us a sneak peek of any of the findings or outcomes you might be able to share with us. 
Yes, correct. The fieldwork uh, is finished, but the project is not. So I'm working on research outputs, on the analysis of data collected in the field. I would say that overall, I found uh, that in Colombia, there is uh, a complex net of norms, actors, initiatives uh, that enable, but also constrain the enjoyment uh, of health rights uh, for Venezuelan migrants. Um, regularization schemes uh, that target uh, Venezuelans, but not other migrants, uh, street cut-off dates uh, for applying, uh, humanitarian programs uh, that focus, for example, on uh, pregnant women and children, because this is these are the priorities of donors, uh, but uh, do not target other human needs, like uh, the needs of people, the health needs of people with disabilities, I guess, uh, because uh, there is a complete disconnection between the legal standards already restricted to access to urgent services and the actual service provision for undocumented migrants. So domestic normative choices uh, are identified by many people I met in the field uh, uh, as the main problem but actually institutional weakness uh, often lead to the denial of human rights in practice uh, despite the assistance of laws and case law asserting those rights. Uh, I would like to use as an example a story. This is about Ana Maria. This is a fantasy name, of course. She is a woman that I met at the border with Venezuela in the city of Cucuta, Venezuelans. Uh, she fled anger and dire living condition uh, in her hometown. When we met, she was pregnant and had just stopped engaging in sexual work for survival. Since she was an irregular migrant, uh, she couldn't enjoy full sexual and reproductive uh, rights in the Colombian health system, uh, just emergency care. The Constitutional Court of Colombia has, has adjudicated on several cases uh, concerning pregnant migrants, uh, uh, stated that antenatal care, for example, as well as uh, childbirth assistance is a fundamental right as a part of urgent care. But the emergency departments uh, of hospital are not suitable for these ambulatory services. So there is this disconnect between what the court says and how actually things works uh, in practice. For this reason, a few days before we met, she was advised by a friend to approach an NGO to get prenatal checkups. Eventually, she, she did her prenatal checkups and test results arrived and she was diagnosed with syphilis. So she started treatment immediately, funded by the NGO. Without the help of the NGOs, she wouldn't have known about her STD because according to health policies, she as an irregular migrant wasn't entitled to such care. Syphilis uh, in 40% of cases uh, can lead to the death of the fetus or the newborn. Uh, if a primary healthcare approach uh, guided uh, health rights, legal rights for migrants, this provision would probably work around the first level of care and, and not around an emergency care. So these services could have been available to this person. Just, just a follow-on question yeah. about that. Um, thinking that in terms of Latin America human rights in general, there is this implementation gap. Colombia is a very advanced progressive country in terms of the legal framework, and we find that throughout Latin America, legal frameworks, constitutional frameworks are very generous in terms of how they understand human rights, the dimensions. But then in practice, when it comes to policy level, you would have no idea because nothing is going on and people are sort of falling through the net. So in the case of Ana Maria, the NGO stepped in to yeah. fill the gap. But in the long term, would that NGO still be able to provide that sort of service? And, and what might make the local government services function in a different way? This is a very important observation because, of course, uh, NGOs, they have uh, certain funding, they have donors, uh, 
programs may stop at a certain point. So, for example, regarding sexual and reproductive uh, health rights in Colombia, during the Trump administration, most of the U.S. aid uh, was dedicated to certain services. You couldn't really uh, talk about issues like abortion or certain contraceptions uh, because they were linked to the ethical approach of the donor. So, um, so it's very important to embed these rights in the domestic legal system to find instruments to make uh, right holders accountable because uh, outside of the legal realm, there are many interesting initiatives that complements uh, the lack of implementation, but uh, their progression uh, is dependent on geographical factors. So NGOs uh, and humanitarian programs are not in every area of Colombia. So they are normally in urban and suburban areas, uh, not in the, in the full rurality of the country. For example, a first level hospital in rural Colombia cannot provide these people the service because according to the normative framework, they are not eligible. I mean, it's a very complicated conversation because it relates to what extent also uh, NGOs and humanitarian actors or policymakers, do they, uh, they employ a human rights-based approach which address uh, all vulnerabilities and not only certain preferred vulnerabilities of people. I think that's why your work is so important precisely to point out there is a gap here in, in provision and implementation and entitlement. And you mentioned strategic litigation before, which is a very important tool in terms of bringing to attention where there are sort of flaws in the system. So I think your work's really super important. There is many strategic litigation initiatives in Colombia, I must say. Uh, there are many human rights organizations, legal clinics uh, that they perform these services. Uh, and, and that is very useful. Uh, the, the only problem sometimes is that uh, m much of that activity remains at the individual level and it doesn't uh, spill over to like collective uh, and long-term solutions. My penultimate question I have for you is in terms of sort of new questions and, and new um, areas of study. Often when you're carrying out an empirical study, talking to people, doing focus groups, you go in with a question but you come out with another one and then new ideas occur to you. So I wanted to ask, bearing in mind this is a super important area in terms of policy, law, international development too, I'm sure there's lots of people interested in the right to health, particularly amongst migrants and even more so amongst irregular migrants. And in terms of your research in Colombia, what are the new questions that have become apparent that you think people should be looking towards answering in the near future? Yes, thank you for your question. Probably particularly in the field of law, there is more need for context-oriented and interdisciplinary research. So this is very important. It's very complicated to do it because every field of research has their own framework and priorities. I mean, in my case, I found it very complicated to have conversation with policymakers or humanitarian actors. There is the need to work together in partnership for social justice, but also to try to understand each other more. It is very important also for the response to, to migration flows, like I'm talking about the Venezuelan migration into Colombia or in the Americas, but uh, it must be at the core also of the state responses to, for example, the Ukrainian uh, refugee crisis. An element that I found it was not particularly studied, but this uh, applies also beyond the migration field, is mental health. So yes, these are areas that I think are very important for future research to address the emotional well-being of people and communities. I would like to conclude perhaps by mentioning that, in my opinion, to, to achieve social justice and human rights, as researchers we occupy a unique position as intermediaries 
between people needs and decision makers, uh, particularly when the needs of polity outsiders like uh, irregular migrants or refugees are at stake. Uh, so this project overall has taught me uh, that to contribute to this cause, partnerships and interdisciplinary collaborations are essential. And this is the direction in which I see my work and research heading. Brilliant. Well, um, Stefano, with that, we draw our conversation to a close. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. My pleasure, Claire. I've learned a lot about migrants' right to health, your fieldwork in Colombia, which has many lessons for, for other contexts in the globe as well. I'm sure our listeners have also enjoyed very much this episode. I would just like to point them to your manuscript, published manuscript with Cambridge University Press, Irregular Migrants and the Right to Health. Feel free to, to check that out and read Stefano's work there. And I'm sure there'll be upcoming publications from his work more specifically in Colombia and Venezuela so all the best for the future we hope you carry on carrying out such important work as you have been doing in the future and we eagerly await the next LawPod episode with you to hear of the update thank you bye